0: Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This
1: is your time. We're in this game.
0: Backhand <laughs> An impossible goal! These guys
1: are good, scary good, and this crowd is going bananas. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Line Change. The NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. Hope everyone had a happy holiday. But now we're right back to it. The NHL gets back underway. December 27th, we got a a decent slate of games. And as always, we're going to start with an underdog. And it seems as always, we're going to start with a bet on the Washington Capitals. Nick, they're your favorite underdog on Tuesday night. They're taking on the Rangers. The Metro division is an absolute gauntlet right now. Uh, But I'm with you here. This number seems a little insane.
0: Yeah, so I'm doing my best to try to make the the case that this isn't just a homer bet. We've been on the caps a lot, but for good reason. They're 12-3-1 over their last 16 with a plus 20 goal differential. And over that span, they have the best expected goals for in the entire league. So this is, I think, a pretty valid case outside of me just being a fan, wanting to back our team. Early in the season, I wasn't just random. Emily throwing the caps out there. I truly think this is the right side in this game at plus 140. Obviously the John Carlson injury, which was very scary, is a, a big loss. He had been in better form, but I do think people are overrating that a lot based on kind of the guys that are going to slide in. Nick Jensen is in unbelievable form. He's quietly been one of the better defenders in the league for a month. Dimitri Orlov's back. He's dominating. Ben Reamsdyke's in great form. So I think there's just a lot more reasons they can still hang in without John Carlson than people think they've been getting a ton of contributions from all over. And yeah, this is just, it's far from a slight on the Rangers. I respect, I know they've won a ton of games lately too, with um, considerably worse underlying numbers, but that's also kind of the way they like to do it. But, but yeah, I just, I think it's going to be a closer game than, than this price suggests. And that's really all it comes down to.
1: Yeah. I think you look at these two teams and even, even with the Carlson injury and there's very little between them even. And that's with the Rangers going as well as they've been going right now. Uh, both teams have won at least eight of 10. There's uh, in the Metro division right now, Carolina's won nine of 10. Pittsburgh's won, gone eight, one of one of their last 10. The Rangers, I think are eight and two and the caps are, are nine and one. Uh, so it's just been an absolute, you know, gauntlet, as I said, in the Metro of lately and this is probably a decent buy um excuse me sell high spot on on the rangers because when you when you look at the underlying metrics if you if you just kind of you look at these two records they're current in terms of current form they're very similar but like you said the underlying metrics kind of point to washington being the better five on five team right now and uh the rangers of course can make up the difference in in getting outplayed five on five with their power play and the goaltending we know that song and dance pretty well uh Whereas Washington, like they're earning their results through just good process and good play. And uh, yeah, I think it's a good number. So I'll be with you on the caps. I, that one stuck out right away. Um, But I knew you were going to be honest. So I let you take it. Plus I also had uh, another underdog, a a little bit bigger, a little bit longer that I like, and that's the Ottawa senators. They're plus fifty five at home. I guess the Bruins who are, you know, like I said, the, in the Metro Division, the Metro Division has four of the top five teams since December 1st. The fifth team in that group is Boston, uh, who just they're just not slowing down. It looked for a second like they were showing some cracks in their armor. Uh, maybe they are a little bit, but this team, they just know how to manage games so well. And But I think that Ottawa is playing better than people realize. And since the start of the month, the, the Senators are 6-3-2. and two. It's not a you know great number, but it's better than what we were seeing out of them. And they're controlling play pretty well. They're not, uh, you know, getting caved in uh, five on five. And the issue is just they're 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 not scoring. They're they're not making, you know, good of their scoring chances. I should say. I think they've got one point three goals per sixty in the span uh, against two point four one expected goals. And I know they're under fifty percent uh, in terms of expected goals, but their their high danger chance rate is is right around at the break even point. It's just their their shooting percentage since December first. Four at five and five is four point six. That's got to trend up <laughs> at some point with the team's offensive talent. So uh, I am expecting the Senators. You know, we we talked about the Sabers in this in this way uh, a few weeks ago, and it turned out to be the right call that the the betting market in the league at general is kind of just not paying attention to them. I think that they're playing better than their record is, and they should be able to punch up well. So. I like Ottawa here, plus 155 uh, on the road against the Bruins team that has just been a behemoth all season.
0: Yeah, I think Ottawa are a good example of like how many different narratives you'll see coming out of a team in the NHL when really it uh, the main thing it's boiling down to is they're not finishing. They're finding yep. a way to not finish, which is obviously a gigantic part of the game. It's the most important part of the game, but it's just one of those things you see so many different things coming out about what they're doing wrong and blah, blah, blah. And I do think, on most nights, that's what it's boiled down to. And then the one interesting thing to watch with them moving forward, obviously they have Stutzel back from that little injury, which helps drive one of the best lines in hockey. And Josh Norris has been skating in a regular jersey since about middle of December. So I didn't see, I don't know, it's probably still going to be a little bit, but when he does get back in the lineup, that just makes him so much more dangerous when he plugs in for Derek Brassard. So I think that's another thing to watch for their next couple games because he's probably getting really close.
1: Big game brass, we miss them uh, around these parts. Uh, all right, so the underdogs, Caps and sends. Let's t- take a look at the big board. We'll start with an ugly one: the Chicago Blackhawks are plus three thirty in Carolina. Uh, hurricanes minus four ten. The over under here six and a half. Carolina is just romping lately. It's and they they went into the break at a four three overtime loss. Uh, I believe to, or excuse me, they, they won six five against Philadelphia. I should say uh, in a, in, a, in a weird, weird game. But uh, and and they they are a little dangerous as a as a big favorite because you just never know when, when if they're going to have their finishing boots on this team. Uh, and for me, it's it it would be crazy to to lay this number. Um, but the Blackhawks have just been so bad of late, and it seems like they're fully embracing uh, the tank and going up against a team that has w- lost just once. And that loss came in, in regulation, excuse me, in overtime, uh, since November 26th, uh, their last regulation loss. Do you know who that came against?
0: Was that? No, I don't
1: The Arizona Coyotes.
0: Oh yeah. That's Back, uh, back on I was on no- Carolina that night, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They lost four nothing on November 23rd. And since then they haven't lost in regulation, um, <laughs> and and that was a that was part of a really weird stretch where they lost five games in a row and four of them came in overtime so uh Carolina' has just completely grabbed a, a kind of a stranglehold on the Metro. I know it's the the they're not like running away with in terms of points just but just by like the the way they look and in, in the the current form it's just been out of this world, so it's scary uh to, to go against them, and I'll probably just pass here,
0: yeah, and I'll probably stick with. I would, was loving the last two weeks just playing the chalkiest shot props from the bigger favorites when they're going to get 40 shots. I'll probably stick with it here. I could see maybe Teravainen being my favorite target just because his number's been longer, and he seems to be getting going. I might get on him for a goal again as well. I know he's had a horrible start to the year, but I can't I can't accept that he's this bad, and he's still standing <laughs> with, with Ajo at 5-on-5. Five five. So I think I'll probably go back to the well on Teravainen or uh, definitely some Canes shooters in this one.
1: Uh, let's take a look now at the a Metro division matchup between the Penguins and Islanders penguins minus minus one hundred and thirty on the road, the Islanders plus plus one hundred and ten. the over under six, a lot of lineup stuff to keep an eye on with the Islanders. Brock Nelson took a puck to the back of the head uh, and cut him behind the ear. He didn't return to the last game. Casey Zizekas was out for the last game. Kyle Clutterbuck, Kyle Palmieri, uh, Adam Pellick, Simeon Vartlamov. Uh, it's, it's an injury cluster here uh, for, for the Islanders who, we look at these Metro teams, there's six teams kind of in the playoff hunt, including the two playing uh, at UBS arena and the Islanders are the team that's scuffling right now, but they're only two points out. So they've been able to kind of tread water and, and and stay in the race, despite the fact that every other team around them has won at least eight of 10, which is impressive in itself. Uh, But the other thing that they've they've actually been playing better. Uh, If you look at their underlying metrics since December 1st, they're, in the in the black and both expected goals rate and high danger rate which is not what they were doing uh they were getting results despite kind of losing the the ice tilt and now they're they're losing it's kind of the inverse of what the Rangers were doing right like now they're losing games where they are starting to tilt the ice the right way uh, they played well against teams that are you know in that you know Elite class this season and I think that we, we won't be able to know where this number was is going to end up settling until we get light on the injury issues but if nelson plays i think the islanders are interesting here despite the fact that the penguins are 15 3 and 3 uh in their last 21 i just think it's a good sell high spot on pittsburgh uh i a team that should have the the depth to, to give them a game and obviously this with Sorokin and goal uh they always have a chance so if if nelson's in up I'll, I'll be on the islanders as a as an underdog but i think that this number will get a little higher
0: Yeah, I agree. And yeah, Nelson's been unreal. Not to like to rate your guy. He's been super, super good. I think it's kind of he's maybe had one of the more underrated seasons in the league. And yeah, you said it's a bit of a I think it's a really good slate. This is another like unreal game. There's four or five that just as a fan, I was super excited to see it. So yeah, I like your take on this one.
1: Yeah, it is it is an interesting slate. It's like uh cuz then, then we got this next one which is Stars and Preds, Stars minus 125 against the Preds uh plus 105. The over/under is 6 and uh, there's nothing that really stands out to me about either of these teams especially when they play each other. Um and it's one of a couple games on this uh slate that I'm like, eh. but yeah, most most of the games are are pretty interesting." Uh, the Hawks hurricanes game notwithstanding. For this one, I think it would be stars or nothing. The Predators are just not a good team. I don't I don't know like why they people would still believe in this team. And I know they're a home dog here and it's a little bit tough to lay, but uh it's it's gotta be the stars.
0: Yeah, I think stars are past. I think the stars are even maybe a little overrated. I might catch a yeah. little back for that, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them tail off in the maybe not tail off because the west is just pretty much looking like garbage but <laughs> i don't necessarily believe that they're a, a legitimate top team
1: yeah they're they're propped up by where they're they're kind of like environment right like they're propped up with their by their division having like i mean it's just the, the bottom feeders in the west are just just brutal and there's a bunch of them so i think that this if you put the stars you know we talked in before the podcast if we if you took the Senators and put them in the Western Conference, they'd probably be, uh, you know, maybe right on the outside of that playoff hunt around you know, thirty six, thirty seven points, rather than where they are, uh, uh, thirty one points in the East. And I think if you took the Stars and you put them uh, in the East, they'd be kind of hanging around where the Islanders are, like you know, forty points, right on the outside of the the, the playoff race. But um, yeah, I just it, when you're playing against the Stars, I think a lot of it comes down to can, can a team you know, shut down the, that, that top line and uh, the predators can't. So I, I know that they've, they've got a couple of good horses on D, but you know, that, that, that line should have its way. And uh, without, yeah, without Saros being, you know, standing on his head, I don't really think that the predator should be even this, this short at plus one Oh five. So it'll probably be the stars for me. Uh Leafs and Blues. Toronto's minus one seventy. The Blues plus one forty five. The over under is six and a half. This game feels like a circus
0: to me. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's just one the like Blues. coming out of the break. Do I want to touch it? Probably not. I I like the way Toronto are playing as a team significantly more. Obviously, normal listeners know that. But fading the Blues is never fun. They're you know, and you know what? They actually did have a pretty strong road trip. Actually, I thought mm-hmm. they probably should have won that Vegas game. I was on uh, them that night, and they're looking a lot more potent. If Kairu's back, their their offense is starting to trend up. I still can't believe when I look at where they're at league wide, offensively, and they have. I think they had such a horrific start that that's still tanking their overall offensive numbers.
1: They're putting up the same kind of underlying metrics that they had like last year. Like this is probably just who this this team is. They will. Yeah. They're they're looking to hit you on the rush, hit you on counterattacks, and use that speed from, from Cairo and uh, you know, the playmaking of Robert Thomas and and they're just, they're not, they didn't get goaltending early on. They, they didn't score. So it's like, I think you said, you've put it well, that the, the start that this team had and the absolute gong show that they were through the first six, seven weeks of the season is still kind of putting a sour taste in everyone's mouth, but to, to take on the Leafs at this number, it is cut you're coming out of the break, so it isn't a terrible idea to take on some some big underdogs uh as teams get out of like the holidays, especially teams that are traveling on the road. Uh, so it, it would be blues or nothing, but i'll i'll, I'll pass here uh, and let's move on to uh another good one. this is uh the wild and Jets Minnesota's minus one fifteen on the road. the jets minus one five at home. the over is under six. I like Winnipeg in a a sell high spot on on Minnesota who are also rolling they're in that cohort with the Bruins and those metro teams in since December 1st uh, but I still just think that the the Jets are a solid team that if you're going to make them a home dog on the basis of yeah they they've slowed down a little bit in December here but they're still putting up good numbers at 5 on 5 and for a team that has this kind of offense and and the goaltending um I think they're worth a bet as an under as a home as a home dog against a team like Minnesota that they're good but I don't think that they're you know in the elite so uh, I like Winnipeg here as as an underdog I play it to you know even if it flipped if you flip the price I would still play uh, Winnipeg as a slight favorite
0: yeah I'm I'm a little more I think we've starting to have differing opinions on the wild a bit I've started to think they're really good I really like the way their defensive core drives play I think they're pretty legit. I am. Um, they actually might be the best or the second best team in the Central, in my opinion. So this one, I'm just, I'm excited to watch it and see, and it actually should be a really good game on a good, good slate. Yeah, I was pumped on this one. Is it the next game? Is the Battle of Alberta?
1: Uh, we could go to the Battle of Alberta next. It's uh, Oilers plus one twenty five, the Flames minus one forty five. The over under six and a half. I like Edmonton here just because of the number. That's all it is. It's, it's these two teams have played tight. They're, the Oilers seem to, it's cliche to say this about a rivalry match, but uh, it's true. Like when the, the Oilers have played well against the Flames, maybe they get up for it. Maybe they just match up well against Calgary. I don't buy into like the Jacob Markstrom can't beat Edmonton thing, but I do buy into the fact that Edmonton maybe just is pretty good at navigating this kind of game, uh, whereas Calgary, maybe it's not the flames are playing much better of late. I will definitely say that. And I, and I'm kind of interested to see where if, if, if we, if Calgary like continues this kind of pace, they're six, three and four uh, since the beginning of December, but their underlying metrics are, are much better. Like they're out shooting teams or shot attempts are like plus 16 plus 17 uh, ish per hour at five on five since December 1st. So like they're, they're starting to impose their will at five on five. So if, if, this might not seem like it makes sense but over the long term i think calgary is a much better team but i think in this spot because of the number i like edmonton uh in we've we've said it a bunch of times on this podcast like they're they profile well as an underdog because they can just rely on two guys and their power play to figure it out and you just got to pray that you get the right goalie in it
0: yeah i There's a lot to break down on this game and both these teams right now. I think it's like probably one of the funner ones to talk on. I'll probably play the over. I always do in the battle of Alberta and it's always a great play. <laughs> There's always a million penalties. seems like dry and McDavid are always up for it. And yeah, to talk about the marks from thing. I don't know if I fully buy that. He's just that much worse. There's a lot of goals in that playoff series that were just like bang, bang cross uh, through the seam. And it's just in the net. And I don't think any goalie was saving it and enough so that it really, really ruined his numbers. So I think Edmonton will come out and find a way to generate some offense. Their big stars always seem up for it. But the Oilers cannot defend. We've seen it. They have a lot of defenders in really suspect form. So I do like that. One thing that concerns me about the Flames moving forward, and I know this is going to like catch a little heat because these guys were just getting so many points and looking good on that California swing, which has now just kind of became a joke. I don't like that they're skating Lucic on the second line and the usage of some of their bottom guys right now. I know it worked, but I don't think it's necessarily going to work great moving forward. So I think there could be a concern where like eventually those guys aren't going to produce in those roles. It's not going to be as good as like when they have the right guys skating bigger minutes and then they're going to be a little overvalued while they're using these units. So we'll see. I'm super excited for this game. I think it's, you have to watch these. I know it's not a fun hour for a lot of people, but they're just always so fun. And it seems like they always just break open in somewhere yeah. or another. There's so many comebacks, so I think that's obviously another thing to watch for betting wise. It just seems like not not that I'm a huge momentum guy, but like these games, it does seem evident sometimes that they just they're they're wild. They're always wild. Uh, the
1: Coyotes host the Avalanche. Avalanche minus two thirty. Coyotes plus one ninety five. Over under six. Uh, thought this number would be a little bit bigger maybe it'll get there in Arizona but I know Colorado still getting trying to get healthy and um you know they're still kind of lurking I guess is the best way like in the weeds um but they've won four in a row and they're going to come into this I I know they're on the road but considering their current form I just I thought this is a number would be a lot bigger so maybe it gets there but and um I'll, I'll get a bigger number on the yotes at home but uh right now i'm just a little surprised
0: yeah it's it's yeah i agree i'm i might end up on the avalanche like just looking at this number i kind of glanced at it one thing i'll play for sure assuming the number doesn't move an insane amount based on the spot is ranting over on shots he's been ridiculously like yeah a couple of those games He was just absolutely dragging the team. It was comical. Every time he's out there, he's getting three-shot attempts. And him and Makar have both been unreal since the injuries have happened. So I think that'll be probably a really square take that a lot of people will be on. But I don't really see how he's not going to just keep generating a ton of attempts against the Coyotes.
1: (laughs) Uh, All right, before we get to top shelf bets, our favorite bets for Tuesday, December the 27th. We'll talk about the Golden Knights and Kings. This one's a pick Uh The over-under here is six. Vegas is six and four in their last ten. They, I wouldn't say that the Kings have kind of pulled themselves into the race in the Pacific yet, but they're in decent form at six, two, and two, and now just five points behind Vegas, although uh, Los Angeles played one more game. Uh there's a lot of, a lot of weird things with Los Angeles for, for one thing, they're sitting in second place in the Pacific division with a minus seven goal differential, which would put them you know out of the, if we just went by goals, like way out of the playoff picture and they're the only team in inside a playoff spot right now in either conference with a, a, a negative goal differential or anything even close. I think if you look at the Eastern conference, Washington is the only playoff team uh, under a double digit goal differential. The Islanders are at one spot outside of the playoff push and they're plus 14. Buffalo is uh, six points or eight points out and they're plus 18 goal differential. It's, it's just strange. So you'd expect there'd be some regression coming for Los Angeles and uh, Vegas is getting a little healthier. And I think, you know, getting Petrangelo's back was big, but uh, on the road as a pick here, It it would be nights or nothing, especially with the Kings' goaltending. Like they keep playing Phoenix Copley, and good for him. But uh, it's just I don't know what to make of the
0: Kings. Yeah, and to talk about the Phoenix Copley thing. So while you were gone, one of our picks was the Flames versus Kings. Naturally, the Kings won in overtime because that's how (laughs) these things seem to go for us lately. but I thought Copley looked really shaky in that game. The Kings were probably the better team, but the Flames hit three post, posts. I thought there was a few sequences where Copley lost his net and looked pretty awkward, which isn't that surprising because the kind of run he's gone on is pretty shocking. I know goaltending hard to project. It's all over the place. Guys come up and down. Um, but I'm not at all sold that Copley is a top goaltender by any means. And I thought in that game, he easily could have ended up with a really bad stat line from not that much, not that many quality looks from Calgary. So yeah, I'm kind of waiting on the Copley bubble to burst. I know there's going to be a lot of people who post his overall stat line and thinks it mean, think it means it has to continue and that they're a slam dunk. And I like the Kings. I continue to say, like, I think they're going to control play at a high rate. They're quietly deep. They've got a lot of good two-way players. But I definitely don't want to put too much faith in Phoenix Copley. And this is another game Like I wish I had a play that I really like because this is going to be another really good one. I think there's a lot of these kind of quiet rivalries on the slate and, and teams battling for a playoff position that are right beside each other. Obviously, the Caps-Rangers game, I think the winner has the higher spot in the standings between those two. And there's kind of a lot like that. The Flames-Oilers is obviously a really good one. Big game for both. So yeah, it's a good NHL slate. They picked a good time to put a good one together for once. Top shelf where Mama hides the cookie. Um, all right, let's talk about top shelf
1: bets, our favorite bets for the 27th of December. We talked about all these good games, uh, and the two that we have set aside for our favorite bets, I don't think you could really classify uh, as as these you know, exciting encounters. I'll go first. Uh, I like a West Coast puck drop in Vancouver. I like the Sharks. They're plus 135 against Vancouver, minus 155. Vancouver just shouldn't be this price against a team outside of Columbus. Philly, that kind of cohort, because they're you can't trust them. You, what what makes you think you could trust a, this team, the Canucks? Like they won two in a row going into the break, but the two games before they they won those two games, they lost five one, back to back five one losses. Then they win two crazy games to go into uh, Christmas break as as they've been wont to do. Like just when it looks like things are teetering and they should finally blow it up, and Bo horvet has been traded and Roudreau's been fired. They win. And this just seems like the type of spot where like they they'll take their foot off the pedal and San Jose has been quietly effective. They've not been good, but they've been effective and that's kind of continued over um this this month. They're three, four and two in their last nine. Nothing to write home about. But if you look under under the hood a little bit there uh they're playing much better than what their numbers are. They're they're roughly a minus 0.3 goal differential at five on five per 60 minutes, but they're plus, uh they're plus 0.2 uh, in terms of expected goal. So they're, they're actually tilting the ice in the right direction. And they've been doing that. And, and, the, and you look at their high danger rate in that same uh, span, it's 57.2%. So this is a team that I don't know what David Quinn has them doing differently than Bugner, but they're not getting caved in at five on five. They're playing well, five on five, They're just not getting the results. And that makes sense when you look at their roster that they wouldn't be the team type of team to convert their scoring chances or keep them out of the back of the net. Uh, So there's always that chance that they just get out talented, which is fine. Uh, But at plus plus one thirty-five, I think they're definitely worth a shot here.
0: Yeah. And I'll probably, I'll say I like watching these Canucks games for live spots because they're just, I think there's some legitimate causation to why it always goes this way because their offensive core is so threatening when they're on the front foot and the D is not getting uh, the other team. If they settle into like a one-two-two two or whatever it is, if they're not playing as aggressively, the Canucks become so dangerous. If you're not going to force them to defend as much, when the game kind of takes on that narrative because they can attack so well, they have the stars there. But then when they fall into kind of a protect mode, they're just so shaky back there. Like I, I hate trusting this defensive core, and I think that does kind of lend itself to what you're saying is. As uh, that the sharks are live dog here because I I definitely don't want to get involved with the Canucks as a heavy favorite. They've it seems like most of their wins now, contrary to their losses early in the year, is just them finding a way somehow. And I know you know some people argue that's yeah you know, like that's a huge part of the game, but you don't really want to put stock in that. I think as a better. Right. It's just like this team found a way. It was ugly and and whatever, but that was the final result. I don't think you want to put faith in like those kind of things happening over and over and being replicable. And that's kind of what it, a lot of the Canucks wins seem to be lately.
1: All right. Uh, that'll do it for this episode of Line Change. I uh, will see you guys again Wednesday night, Thursday morning, as we preview that slate. Uh, for Nick Martin, and am Michael Eboff, wishing you best of luck with all your bets. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly.